close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show, we're reflecting on another win for the Cork footballers following their defeat of Leitrim last weekend. And we'll be joined by Dennis Hurley, who was in Carrick on Shannon at the weekend. We'll also hear from Fintan McCarthy, one half of the World Lightweight Rowing Champions, as we edge closer to finding out which two skipperine rowers will be in the boat for the Tokyo Olympics later this summer. Now, Kieran, as I said, we're going to hear from Dennis Hurley in a minute, but just to quickly get your own reflections on Cork's win over Leitrim. Two wins from two, no goals conceded, and a player like Kieran Sheehan seemingly settling back in very quickly. It's been a solid start to the league, hasn't it? It's gone as well as Cork could have hoped for, to be honest, to have four points after two games. Um, it sets them well on, on the path for promotion. Ron McCarthy has talked about this magical 10-point mark that he thinks or he hopes will be enough to see Cork promoted from Division 3. And with four points on the board after two games, Cork are well underway to that. Um, like you mentioned there, Kieran Sheehan, he seems to fit it in seamlessly well. He got 1-2 last weekend um, in Cork's win over Leitrim. That was a 1-15-9 point win um, by Cork under Travels, which which they need to do. They need to pick up points away from home, so a valuable win in that respect. Um, a lot of positives to take from the game again. In terms of negatives, Ronan McCarthy was speaking afterwards just about that the Cork team wasn't as clinical and rootless as he wants them to be. And I noticed that, especially in the game against Offaly, um, the weekend before last, that Cork did butcher a couple of good goal chances. And if Cork do want to eventually get uh, those top tier one, tier two teams, they'll need to be a lot more clinical in front of goal and put away their chances. Um, but so far, it's it's its job done. Downer coming to Parky Cueve this Sunday afternoon. That'll be a much tougher prospect for... Corona McCarthy's side, but um, they have nothing to fear so far, and they're living up to their tag as Division 3 favourites. Okay, well, let's hear from Dennis then. Who was at the game? He caught up with Kieran a little earlier on. Dennis, you were in Leitrim last weekend for Cork's second Alliance Football League game of the season, and it finished a 115-09 win for Cork. That looks a convincing win on paper. Was it like that in reality? Um, I don't know if convincing would be the word you'd use. Kieran, but it was it was comfortable in the second half. Definitely, once Cork got the goal just before half time to go in leading by one seven to three, they were never going to to be caught. Really, there were a few few kind of moments in the first half where it was close and Leeds nearly got in for a goal on a couple of occasions. And Cork were were a bit open when they were caught in the counter attack. That Leeds could have made a bit more of a game of it, but you always kind of knew Cork were going to be able to push on and, and get the win. It kind of was a potential banana skin in some respects because the weekend before Leitrim got a good uh, good draw against Derry um, in, in in Celtic Park. So it, it was a game that could have been a potential a game where Cork would have slipped up. So they did well to come away with the win? or uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that that is fair. 
probably the, the draw against Derry, just made sure that there was going to be absolutely no complacency on Cork's behalf. And it was something we'd asked Ronan McCarthy about after Cork had beaten Offaly and he was at pains to point out that he's always um, he's always making the case that you know he's well aware of these games that that he seems to be the one telling everyone about how difficult they'll be. And in that regard, Cork did the, the job uh, from a professional point of view. Ronan McCarthy did say afterwards he'd have been happier if they'd taken a couple more of their goal chances in the first half. Uh, Leash goal or sorry, the Leash and goalkeeper Jamie McKeon made three good saves. That you know, if Cork had been sharper finishing, he wouldn't have had a chance to make those saves. But but even still, they they were a, a level or two above above Leach from, and there was no sense that that they were going to kind of uh, let let it slip. Like you said there, Ronan McCarthy kind of afterwards he said he wants Cork to be a bit more clinical, a bit more rootless in front of goal. That's the second game in a row, Dennis. We're going back to the Offaly game as well, where Cork did miss a couple of good goal chances. Um, what do you think that comes down to? Is it just is it just the level of the finishing? Is it rustiness at the start of the season? Or what do you think it is? Yeah, it probably just is a bit of rustiness and players just not not having the confidence to... to back themselves and, you know, take that extra half second and take a spot, you know, low to the corner, the keeper's not going to have much of a chance. Against that, you'd say they're making these chances. It is still only February. They haven't cost them a game yet, you know, so it's something that can be worked on, you'd hope and imagine it will be worked on. And you wouldn't see it as a a massive kind of problem at this this time of year. Um, You know, you're just hopeful that as the, the spring moves on, that, that they will get a bit sharper and that they can make these chances count and, and show that they are, um, you know, b- better than better than Division Three. One man who did find the back of the net last weekend was Kieran Sheehan. He seems to have settled in so well, um, considering he was away from from I suppose football for six or seven years. He finished with one two against Leitrim. What was his overall performance like, Dennis? Yeah, he did. He did very well. He you know he he links up the play very. Very, um, very smartly. He's a he's a clever player. You know, he he used his head. He um, set up a good goal chance for for um, Cahalaman in the first half with a nice flick. Took his own chance fairly well, uh, and he he definitely has slotted back in. Maybe even a bit a bit more smoothly than people might have expected. He's still not, um, you know, at his absolute peak, but you know, he, he's definitely on the right um, on the right track in that regard. Another man on the right track as well. Looks like Sean Powter, who said he's uh, obviously he's had his, his injuries over the last couple of seasons, but that's two games out under his belt in the last couple of weeks. And you were impressed by him against Leitrim? Yeah, he, he's been named at cornerback for, for the two matches. He actually started centre back on um, on Sunday, but Leitrim and Offaly both played sweepers. And you know, you'd say fair play to Cork rather than just sticking with a spare man at the back themselves. They have pushed forward to stay on the front foot, and Powter is the player that that kind of steps up. Um, he was nominated for Young Player of the Year in 2017 after playing much of his football as a forward that year. And Corker are definitely using him well, um, you know, as a player who can help keep the opposition under pressure and make sure that Cork play most of the football in the other half of the pitch. Uh, the did say that it's important that they, that they kind of appreciate that he still does need a bit of minding. Um, and... You know, he, he, his return is being managed, um, I think, fairly carefully. And, and hopefully, you know, by the summer, he will be one of Cork's main men.
short turnaround now to their next game. That's against Down at Parky Cueve on Sunday. Um, it's so important that Cork do win these home games. Down will present a far tougher challenge than Offaly and Leitrim. But would you think, Dennis, with, with the two wins on, under their belt and they seem to be kind of incrementally improving that Cork should have too much for Down? You would hope so, yeah. Um, Down obviously come in on the back of a very good win over Derry who were mm. going to be under very much, you know, very much under pressure now to to keep up a promotion charge. So they they did Cork a favour in that regard as well last week. Um, they they drew the first day out against uh, Tipperary. So Cork are the only team with two wins. There's no reason for them to go in uh, anything other than confident. Um, and now that they have the kind of the the home win monkey off their back, um, that was kind of dogging them with a while. You know, you would think that that they should be able to kind of take it up another level down will be a stronger proposition but they'll come to play football and that might suit mm-hmm. suit Cork as well you know they, they mightn't have to work as hard to, to force openings um, and, and you know they can go and, and, and play play a positive brand of football down will look to do that and it'll give the Cork defence maybe a different kind of test to what they've had too and that's no bad thing either because Ronald McCarthy's mentioned this kind of magical 10 point mark um, a couple of times now that he thinks might be enough for for um for a team to win promotion from Division Three. So another two points this Sunday, move Cork onto six points, and a lot closer to to that promotion spot. Yeah, I think if Cork won on, on Sunday, it, it it would take a, you know a, a very strange set of results from there onwards for him not to be promoted. So to to get the kind of conference boost to beating another promotion rival would be a huge thing, uh, and just kind of just underline that they're going the right direction and you know all the signs are pointing to something like that happening great stuff cheers Dennis thanks for joining us thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper including our award winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast Number one for sport in West Cork Fintan McCarthy had a career year in 2019 landing his first world title and putting himself in pole position for a seat at this summer's Olympic Games in Tokyo. 2020 could be even bigger if he manages to secure a seat. We caught up with the skib man recently, but Kieran, before we hear from him, what is the state of play with regards to men's lightweight double and the five skib men vying for the two seats? We've spoken about it, I've spoken about it, Jack, a good bit on this podcast. Um, it's very intriguing what we have at the moment. So the Irish lightweight men's double has qualified for the Tokyo Olympics later this summer. Um, it was Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy who were in the boat when they qualified at last year's World Rowing Championships. But just because they were in the boat when they qualified, they're not guaranteed to be there when it comes to the Olympics this summer. What's happening, the trading process is ongoing at the moment and there's five skipperine rowers battling for those two seats. So we have Gary and Paul O'Donovan we have another set of brothers. We have uh, Finton and Jake McCarthy, and we've also Shane O'Driscoll, and they're coached by Dominic Casey and other Skibbereen men. So it's um, five Skibbereen rowing club rowers battling for the two seats. It's an incredible story. So over the next couple of weeks and months, there's more trials. There's a trial at the end of February, and then the big trial is at the end of March. And after that March trial, then 
Rowing Ireland will select their double for the international season. So that's the two that they're going to put forward to compete at Rowing World Cup 1 and Rowing World Cup 3. The likelihood is that whatever pairing they settle on after the March trials, that that will be the double that goes to the Olympics. Um, But let's say whatever two they pick don't perform as well as they want to at the Rowing World Cups, they can retrial again and, and, and mix it up. So there's no... There's no guaranteed cert until they confirm their um their boat for the Olympics later in the summer. Important to know too, Jack, that it's two men in the boat, but there will be one sub. So out of those five skip rowers, three will get to go to the Olympics, two in the boat and one as a sub. The sub, it's not a nice position to be in because um you do all the training and you don't get your 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 moment in, in the spotlight. Um Paulo Donovan, as we've spoken here before, looks nailed on almost to have one seat in that Irish lightweight double touch wood he'll stay injury free and he'll stay fit because um, he's the best best lightweight rower in the world and he's won four successive world gold medals the man is just a beast um, at the recent Irish indoor rowing championships he set another national record in the men's lightweight open category beating his own record that he set um, in 2019 so an absolutely phenomenal rower and he's still just 25 so that then leaves four other Skibbereen Roars battling for that other seat. If you're asking me now who to pick, I, I don't know. It depends on the trial. Um, Finton. F- Finton and Paul last year when they won World Gold, they were really, really impressive. And they don't, they've only ever rode two international regattas together. And one was a World Cup in Rotterdam where they won silver. And then obviously they won the gold in, in Austria. So that seems like a partnership and a combination with plenty of potential we know that Gary and Paul in the, in the boat is a phenomenal pairing. They won that Olympic silver 2016 and they were world champions in 2018. Um, Shane O'Driscoll is a very interesting one. Uh, Shane is a childhood friend of, of Gary and Paul. His house is literally just across the field from Gary and Paul's. Um, they went to Lichine National School together. Shane went up to, the, to heavyweight with Marco Donovan to try to get to the Tokyo Olympics that way. But that didn't work out. Um, they were just too slow. Um, so Shane has dropped back down lightweight. So he's a real live contender. And it would be a remarkable story if he ends up in the boat and, and going to the Olympics. So um, there's a couple of very interesting weeks ahead um, for the rowers themselves. It must be a very anxious time because they're they're training so hard. Um, they're all kind of competing for those two seats. But at least we'll know in the March who's going to go forward to the international season and that'll be a great indicator as to who will represent Ireland at the Olympics and hopefully come the end of July when the, the rowing part of the Olympics is on this year that um, Skibbereen will become the hub of excitement like it was four years ago um, it's surreal to think that it was four years ago that the, the town ground to stand still and we had those dramatic and remarkable days in, in Skibbereen so fingers crossed we have those again but we do know for certain Jack that whatever combination Skibbereen supplies for that Irish lightweight double and that and that go to the Olympics they will be favourites you could say for the gold and they'll definitely be in medal contention considering what they've achieved the last couple of years and one of the men right in the mix is Fintan McCarthy who we caught up with earlier. Fintan 2019 was an incredible year for you winning your first world senior rowing championship medal and 2020 has the potential to be even greater game with the Olympics coming up this summer Tell us, what's the update at the moment? What's the position? Because we know that the Irish lightweight double has qualified for Tokyo, but as yet we don't know the two people in, the, in those two seats. Yeah, so um, there's five of us kind of training away in a group at the moment. I suppose we'd be 
kind of the main contenders and then but it's it's open to everyone at the trials really so we'll see there's another set of trials in February and we'll have our indoor championships coming up as well so there'll be the next few kind of tests and then I think the big ones in March where that'll kind of decide a boat to go forward for the World Cups and see what happens what, what's incredible about this story, Fintan, is that those five rowers are all from Skibbereen Rowing Club. There's yeah. obviously yourself and your twin brother, Jake. There's Gary and Paul O'Donovan for what they achieved, we all know, back in the Olympics in 2016. And there's Shane O'Driscoll. Like, it's incredible that you five skib rowers battling for those two seats. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really good. And, you know, it's, it's, you, you feel really proud to be able to say that the five of us are all Skibbereen men mm. training for the Olympics. So, yeah, it's just... I was thinking about it today actually it's kind of it's cool it's it's like everything you train for when you're younger and the lads are around then as well so it was it's just cool to be training with them and yeah going for the big the big one you're just back from a camp in Seville how was that? tough (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're always they're always tough it was a bit longer than usual we were there for 17 days as well so we were all kind of hanging to get home by the end of it. But, yeah, it was good, productive. We were all kind of mixing up in different combinations, testing out, kind of getting used to each other. So so we'll be ready for when it comes to selection just to hop into different doubles and do some racing. Talk us through camp like that, Fintan. Is there a lot of hard physical training? Or, like you said there, is it kind of dif- a test of different combinations? Or Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit of both, really. Um, our first camp this year, we kind of did most of our work in the single skulls. Um, but that now Paul's kind of back in the mix after college um, we were swapping around more in the double um, this camp so we do kind of three days in with one guy and then swap again and one of us would be in the single some days so was, yeah there's good variety that way but yeah it's still we still have to do the training so we are doing anything from uh, you know four hours a day really Whoa. Yeah, tough going. Like including uh, weights. So when you think now, like 2020 is obviously an Olympic year, but let's rewind back to 2019 for a second. Um, go back 12 months ago. Would you believe that you'd be in this position now, standing here with a world gold medal and with a great chance of representing Ireland at the 2020 Olympics? Um, I think I might have believed it. I don't know what anyone else <laughs> have believed it, but yeah, it's 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 nice to it's nice to be in the position, obviously. And I kind of just not really thinking about how far I've come, mm-hmm. but it is nice to think that I've come so far. And how much did you improve in 2019, considering like obviously you did so well in the, in the trials to get selected in that double with Paul? Then you think you, you won silver at the World Rowing Cup t- uh, three in Amsterdam, and then yeah. obviously the gold in at the World Championships in Austria. Could, could you see the improvement yourself throughout the summer and, and, and towards the Worlds? Yeah, I think um, we really stepped on... Uh, myself and Jake between April and the European Championships because we Paul was still in college at that stage so we got to be the Irish double for a while which was nice Um, because we'd kind of been training towards the Europeans for the whole winter so we really saw a big improvement we did a a small kind of regatta in Pedaluco in April in Italy where we were we came third there I think and we were a good bit off the Italians and then we were a bit closer to them as well and we made the European mm-hmm. final which we were really pleased with and then obviously there was another big improvement to get, actually get into the boat uh, in I think that was June maybe mm-hmm. and then obviously we had to improve again <laughs> to go from silver in Rotterdam to win in 
in Linz. So yeah. And here you are now, Somewhere. kind of a couple of weeks or two months away from finding out whether you're going to be in, in that in that crew for the Olympics. So March trials are so important, and after that, Rowan Ireland will select the Irish double. That's probably a good thing that you'll know the combination so early in the year, so you'll get a full well five, six, four, five months of training together under your belts before. Yeah, well, I think the March trials will kind of pick the double for the season, mm -hmm. and then there might be changes later if if needed. But yeah. It, yeah, I suppose it's good that there's only a couple more months of anxiety left. So. And how is Dominic Casey these days? With he's another Skibbereen man, kind of overseeing these five Skibbereens. What's, uh, what's Dominic's form like these times? Yeah, he's good. Mm -hmm. A bit, you know, he's always, um, he always wants us to be doing our best. And, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I guess he can get a bit stressed out as well sometimes. But I think once it's all, once it's all sorted, it'll be just full steam ahead for, for Tokyo then. Yeah. yeah, I think the author who wrote the book, there's something in the water, hit the nail on the head because there is obviously is something in the water <laughs> in Skibbereen. So best look for the season ahead, Fenton. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and before we wrap up today's show, Kieran's going to give us a breakdown of what's coming up in this week's sports section but before he does, I'll also make reference to the fact that we have a Valentine's Day special in this oh, week's Mr. Lover, Lover here beside so me, yeah. we're looking out for, for all you coupled up and singletons out there who are looking for advice on what to do this coming Valentine's Day so that's in this week's Southern Star Along with the sports section, Kieran, what's in the sports section? Before that, are you a fan of Valentine's Day, Jack? Or do you see it as one of those other days that's been taken over by card shops and the like? To be honest, every public holiday has been taken over by card shops. And I don't even know if Valentine's Day ever was a, like a wholesome public holiday. I think that was created by card shops. And to be honest, personally, it doesn't bother me if it makes some people happy so be it. So the lucky lady in your life, she won't be expecting a, a bunch of flowers on actually going Friday to Oh, so down your neck of the woods to a hotel in Clarny, I can't tell you. I don't know the name of it. And they say romance is dead. Jack's bringing it back himself. Yeah, ah, sure, it's an excuse to go away, isn't it? And go from one Jack to another Jack. What a segue there. Jack Crowley, a former Bandon um, rugby club man who inspired the Ireland under-20s to the opening Six Nations win last Friday night. He finished with 18 points, um, Jack did. He's a former Bandon grammar school student too. He's from Inishannon. Um, the old half, two tries he ran in. 18 points in total. His second try was absolutely superb, um, running almost a full length of the pitch. So we have photos and reaction from Jack's big day, or big performance in Ireland, and hopefully he can repeat the trick when Wales come calling this Friday night again at Musgrave Park. Um, plenty this week's sports section, Jack. Uh, obviously, the, the Cork teams were in action, so there was wins for the, the Cork hurlers, the Cork footballers, the Cork lady footballers, and the Cork camogie team. So we have match reports and reaction from all of those. The under-21 championships kicked off two last weekend. So we have extensive reports from the Carberry and Muskery under-21 championships. Um, Jack Cahillan kicked 2-2 with Castlehaven, beat Clannacilty. And we have an interview with Jack Cahillan as well. 
a young man who's quite busy at the moment. He was listing off the amount of teams that he's involved with and I counted seven or eight at least. So he's a he's a jewel star with a very busy schedule. As as well as that, we have a very inter- interesting piece by um, Tom Savage, who's from the Three Red Kings, the editor of the popular Mon- Monster Rugby fan, um, fan site, where he, uh, Tom is looking at the career of Darren Sweetenham. Um, Darren, as we all know from Dawn, he's a former car curler, former Dawny. He was uh, probably the first to this current wave of of of, of um, West Cork people to kind of make it at Munster in the last couple of years. But his career seems to have stagnated a tiny bit um, considering he made his Ireland debut a couple of years back. He's just been unlucky with injuries and so on. So it's actually a really, really good piece by by Tom Savage, just on, Tar- on, on Darren Sweetenham, how he feels he's progressing, what he feels his potential is, what he thinks is next for Darren. So it's well worth picking up the star for that. Also, we have the match report from a huge West Cork League game last weekend when Dunmanway Town beat Trina Rangers in the Premier Division. Um, I think it was Trina's first defeat in, defeat in the Premier Division since 2017, their first home defeat in the Premier Division since 2012. So it's um, a huge win for Dunmanway Town. And the Premier Division title race is really hotting up now. So uh, with Dun Manway and Drina involved there Betty the Hub went back top at the weekend so worth checking out the, the star this Thursday for that unfortunately Jack Baltimore are not going to win the West Cork League Championship this year kind of things didn't go too well against Spartak uh, no we were we were well beaten by Spartak Mosgrove who I think have qualified now or got promoted after beating us it's 3-0 we were at home I'm not one to make excuses, but I actually am one to make excuses, so I'm going to make some excuses. I know, football season is back, so we were mm-hmm. missing a few of our players. And uh, all I could say after the game was I wish they'd wrap up the soccer season before the GAA starts, because then we'd have a great chance. But unfortunately, we just don't have the numbers to to run the two sports. But we still have a League Cup mm-hmm. semi-final to look forward to. And you're still hoping to add your highlights reel. Obviously, your 65-yard goal, goal there a couple of weeks ago, that was the, the talk of West Cork for, for a while. Yeah, well, you know, if we get a good draw in the semi-final of the Divisional Cup, you never know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. But no, plenty going on in this week's Southern Star Sports section that is in the shops from Thursday morning as usual. So, again, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast this week. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please, please, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to our show. Three pleases.